As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend, Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I was waiting for the chime bells. Uh, uh, so was so, I. I know. I'm Pavlov's dog. Pavlov's dog's with that. Like, oh, okay, here we go. Now we start talking about this. But uh, I'm excited for day two recap, mid-cap, the electric boogaloo. Let's do this. Let's get into it. I uh, More news happened. A lot of stuff trickled out last night. A lot of, quote-unquote, my guys got signed last night. So it was a lot of like... Just sitting here waiting for this show to talk about some of those guys today. So that's going to be a lot of fun. There's no good way to do this because no. we don't have a set of eight people. You know, you right. watch NFL Network and they're rotating between hosts. I think that Rhett Lewis was on today. And Taking shifts. Daniel Jeremiah lives there now. And they rotate like the fourth chair. Like it was Symphony Freeland and Scott Pioli yesterday. Yeah. Just kind of going back and forth. All the insiders are like texting on their phone on a separate screen when they're all at home. It, it's me and you. So we can't do that all day. So trying to figure out what time to do this and properly recap everything is not always easy. And so we're going through today and I was like, man, was, should we have done this earlier? Do we need to wait all day? And then boom, the Darren Waller thing happens. I'm like, yes, yes. a justification of my process. <laughs> We did. We timed it up right for once. For once, we did it right. No, exactly. I love that. that that's why it's the mid cap. The mid cap's great because you get most of the day done, but then the, the stuff that trickles out, we can get to it later. That's exactly right. So yeah. it, it, it all works out here, and here we are. The Giants pull off a trade for Darren Wallers. How we're going to kick this off? They trade the one hundredth pick. A third round pick, the one that they got in the Kadarius Tony trade, which is a nice little bit of synergy. Love that. Waller, 31 years old, or will be 31 years old, has an $11 million base salary this season. I get it. I mean, I get it from the Giants side of things. Yeah. We can talk about it, but you're trying to get pass catchers. You desperately need them. There aren't a lot of avenues to pass catchers in this offseason specifically, and you're not really giving up a lot. There's no guaranteed money left on his deal. He has an $11 million base this year. You want to restructure that and free up even more and just kind of push the rest out. 
because you can move on after the season without much penalty anyway. I get it. He's been hurt a lot over the last couple seasons. I think that's obviously why the price tag is so low on a guy who has produced like Darren Waller, but worthwhile dice roll for the Giants who are desperately in need of people who can make some plays in the passing game. Yeah, the term pass catcher. I think that's something we're going to emphasize over and over again this offseason because that's really what it is. It's building a a group of pass catchers, not just wide receivers, and they need them. Last year, they're trotting out fourth-round pick. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, uh, and who who's fine? Actually, I actually uh, like him. I was going well. to talk about Daniel Bellinger as part of this conversation. I think having both of them is I like I, that. I like it because he can do a little bit of both, and uh, I believe he's a Vegas guy actually originally. So I no, I I like that. That's that room becomes it's nice going, but you never really want to live a rookie fourth round pick at a position like the bears having a fifth round pick at left tackle. Not really how you want to live, but even if they outperform expectations, it's still nice. Uh, totally makes sense for them. Like you said, they can get out of it. If you know, injury woes hit again, or they just want to keep them around price is fa- price is more than fair about it. Darren Waller is a dynamic pass catcher. He is a true mismatch at the tight end position. He is a, you know, used to be a wide receiver and that's how he plays. You know, blocking is, I would say, okay, at best, uh, that's not his strength, but you're paying him to catch passes and this team needs it makes total sense for them. And of course with the Raiders moves, it makes sense from their end as well. So yeah, I, I like this a lot for, for the giants. You say it makes sense for the Raiders. What, what do you make of what the Raiders are doing right now with their plan on offense? I tweeted this, uh, kind of want to see everything finish to, before I waste a lot of brain power on what the Raiders are doing right now. But I think I, I don't want to like kind of do you want to just talk real quick with the Jacoby Myers thing? Yeah, I think I think okay, that, okay. That, that dovetails nicely with this. Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, I, I think uh, the Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro thing, I actually, Jacoby is useful still as an outside receiver. About um, half I, and half over the yep. last three years, if you look at the way his snaps have been distributed. 50-50. Yep. And base, he was their out, he's their Z, you know, when they had two receivers on the field with the Patriots do a lot. But when they got to 11, he was their slot guy. That That's kind of how they used him. They liked having Parker on the outside. When they Kendrick Bourne was playing for them, they kind of intermixed these two, which is kind of similar how I picture with Renfro. Renfro's not great from the outside. He's, he's actually pretty bad on the outside. He's a slot, truly a slot-only receiver. Very good at it. Myers, Jacoby Myers, he was fifth in first down uh, per outside route last year and fifth in yards per route run on the outside last year. Smaller sample size, but still, he's useful. And he's very, very good on third and fourth down, inside or outside. So he's a Z. Super useful number two type that can kick in inside Explain when you that. need him. But Explain how the Z is different than a slot receiver. Yeah. Okay. Z, when you're in, when you have two wide receivers on the field, your X is the lone receiver. That is the split end. The Z is the flanker. So he'll go to the tight end side. He's more of your move guy. He can come inside the block a little bit more. That guy is really going to be more of your zone underneath type of receiver traditionally. A X is your true ball winner, runs the full route tree because they have a lot more one-on-one situations. Sounds like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the epitome of an X receiver. That is exactly who you picture in that role. A Z is going to do more of the dirty work stuff, be more of an auxiliary pass catcher. More Think of him as more of the zone beater, working with the tight end and maybe a fullback or another tight end or a receiver coming to his side. So that's what a Z is. Uh, always going to fall to the tight end side. And I think that's what he is. He's an ideal number two useful Z. And with Renfro, if he's still there, we'll see. But I, I think those two can really they can they can work together because just you can they're both useful in their roles. When they went out and signed Jacoby Myers, it was obviously before the Darren Waller trade had happened. You think, yeah. oh, that's a lot of resources a lot. that you tied up in your pass catchers. And 
that meant that another domino was going to fall. The other shoe was going to drop. Whatever mixed yeah. metaphor you want to use in this situation was going to happen. And that we find out it is the Darren Waller trade. Yeah. So now you have the Raiders kind of remaking the offense in Josh McDaniels' image, right? Like yeah. it's important. Like this is these are my guys now. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna make this happen with these are my guys. And we'll see what that version of it looks like. They play without Darren Waller for most of last season. You know, it's not like he was a key part of who they were offensively. So they've already kind of become accustomed under the McDaniels regime to what life looks like without him. But now we got Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and we'll see about Hunter Renfro as kind right. of the building blocks of this passing game. Apparently, our Vic Tafer was reporting that Darren Waller was not happy that Josh McDaniels leaked the news about his wedding to reporters at the Combine, to Kelsey Plum. Whoops. Those, if they choose to have children, I don't assume that everyone does. If they do, my goodness, are those kids are going to be athletic. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know how athletic Lauren is, but Casey's not an athlete. Uh, my, my kids are not exactly going to be Division One caliber prototypes, but those kids are going to be some real athletes my- that, they, that they have together. Lauren's 5'9", 5'10", and it's not a coincidence that uh, our son right now is 100th percentile height. (laughs) I haven't said this on the pod. I know I've told several friends about this, but the last time we had his checkup, whatever it was, two or three months, they did the height, weight, and head size percentile. And weight, he was 92nd percentile weight, but then height, they just put had an arrow pointing up because he maxed out the scale. So the he's off the chart. And so my dad's 6'8", so I'm 6'5", my, my wife's 5'10", and her, her uncles are all 6'4". Probably going to have some height uh, running with uh, my son, Jack. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully power forwards in his future. His hand's going to be in the dirt when he plays football. I know that. There, I don't think there's a quarterback in his future if he plays football. Also, really quick, though, I think uh, this is kind of my, my bow on this, on my Raiders kind of pass catcher's thoughts. Myers makes sense coming from the Patriots as well, but just makes sense with the Patriots' insistence on having a fullback on the field or two tight ends on the field. Myers makes more sense for that offense than Hunter Renfro does. Yeah, and and Hunt, not saying anything, not knocking Hunter Renfro. He's a very useful player, a good, good slot player, legitimately. But Myers makes more sense for this offense than Renfro does. So, uh, thankfully, our producer Alex dropped this in. A team trading for Hunter Renfro after Friday when Heron a two-year, nineteen million dollar deal. Okay, it's palatable if Fair. they really are. If he's not in their plans, and, and you're again looking for pass catching options in a world where there aren't many of them. I think it's worth sniffing around for one of these teams. Yes. One more Giants notes before we move on. Bobby Okereke to the Giants, four years, $40 million, $22 million guaranteed. They needed linebacker help. We talked about a lot of different options that could end up there. A little richer than some of the other guys in this group. You know, we talked about the Jermaine Pratt deal yesterday, Mm -hmm. the TJ Edwards deal, you know, with Alex Singleton, who I think is a step down from these guys, but also signed an extension with the Broncos. So a pretty big deal, but they had a huge hole to fill in the middle of their defense. Yeah, there's there's going to be a couple signings that we talked about today that's like a team had a hole and they paid a premium because probably the agent knew about that hole and was like, hey, you guys need to fill this, right? And let's bump up that price a little bit. And that's what this feels like. I think the Pratt tier is exactly where Karake is. Um, also, yeah, it's an overpay for filling a hole. They needed it. He's a useful player, though. I I, I liked him. He had a good year last year. Uh, actually, a lot of the Colts defenders had really good years last year, as we've talked about before. But I, I, I like this one. They need it. They need guys that can just shore up the run game and pick up their in a very aggressive defense. They need a guy that can do his job as far as being a sound tackler, know his assignments and all that, especially for a very chaotic type of defense. So I like it. Uh, but yeah, it is an overpay. I think we're not kind of breaking any new news with that 
that when I get into my bargaining stage about the Tremaine Edmonds deal later, we can go revisit the Bobby Okereke thing. But I'm going to talk about that in another part of the podcast. All right. Moving on here. <laughs> I, there was... I know who we're going to talk about. <laughs> That's really funny. That's All right. Funny. <laughs> so last season, it, there was news that Darren Waller was a potential guy to get traded to the Packers. They had been looking at him and sniffing around him as a pass-catching option for a team that needed them. That did not happen. But there are some guys that seems like they might be headed to the Aaron Rodgers. Like, well, what a transition that was. There are some guys who are used to be Packers pass catchers who might be on the move. Adam Schefter reporting this morning that the Jets have interest in signing Alan Lazard and potentially might have interest in signing Randall Cobb. Diana Rossini follows that report a little bit later today by saying that Aaron Rodgers has requested or, or put in a word with the wish list that he wish would list. like the Jets to target and acquire, says Diana. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. Unbelievable, man. And, and all he did was complain about his pass catchers last year. And he was like, you know what? Copy and paste. Let's cut, let's cut and paste those pass catchers and bring them into New York. The Lazard thing is fine. If they're yeah. going to move on, from Corey Davis. Yep. Same role. Okay. Same role. Totally understand that. Yep. And you need kind of that dirty work guy. He's going to do a lot of blocking for you that Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore aren't going to do. Fine. That's justifiable. There is no justifiable reason for wanting to go get Randall Cobb in the year 2023 unless it is a way to appease the quarterback that you're going after right now. I understand this. Like They are painted so far into a corner that – they essentially have to do this because they need Aaron Rodgers at this stage. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I just think it is objectively funny as hell that this is happening right now. They're out in the open. My joke is that people can see you, but have, <laughs> have, have some shame. Like th- this is not great. I know no one looks good here. I even like Mercedes Lewis. No I'm one lo- looks good. No, no one looks one. good in this. No the one. Jets don't look good. Rogers nope. looks awful. It's awful. just a bad situation for everybody. Even this guy involved. McAfee's calling him a hippie. Like you know, it's just everything. It's just no one looks good out of this. Like like even the Mercedes Lewis stuff. I, I everyone knows what Mercedes Lewis is at this point in time. He's a, just a dominant Y blocking tight end that does really nothing in the pass catching game. But the Jets signed two tight ends to decent money deals last year. Last year, yeah. Two of them. That both are blockers. That both are like solid blocking types, Y-type tight ends. So, okay, that that kind of, even if you want that, it's like, okay, how are we going to make this fit? Like you're talking about, if he just had Lazard, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Lazard's very useful. He's hitting the prime of his career. He's going to make money anyway. So I get that. That is a wish list. All these other guys, man. It, it is the are you are, people can see you? Are you are you actually asking for this? And I, honestly, they're leaning this way. If I were another team, I'd be calling about Corey Davis. They might just cut him anyways. But I assume um, they will. I yeah, yeah. But I'd, anyway, I'd be looking to see just just to see if you can maybe you know cheat the waiver wire a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, it's funny. This is just a very very funny situation. That's the only way you can put it. Objectively, the funniest possible outcome here. It is is that he is doing this. Just as a way to say, like, I wonder what they would do, and then they do it all, and he's just like, "Eh, sorry, I'm actually, I'm actually good." That that would be that I if that happened. I mean, I can't even imagine what the response would be. But that is objectively the funniest possible timeline. Remember the TV show on MTV, like My Super Sweet Sixteen. I do. Whatever. Yes. That's what this feels like. That's what this feels like. It's just 
some kids. Some I, can't, kids I wish I could think of a specific demand from one of those awful children to compare one, this to. I can't though. One, the one that's vivid to me is one kid wanted a pitbull at at their at their 16th birthday. I thought you meant a pitbull for a no, second. Pitbull, pitbull, the, the, actual pitbull. The, Pitbull, yeah, that guy, uh, yeah, that that's the one that sticks out to my mind the the most is somebody wanting that. <laughs> I always joke with Casey; she's from Miami. That the Pitbull, any Pitbull song is like the Miami national anthem. Like, the kid was that, from Miami, yeah, by yeah, the yeah, way. That, yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's how it goes when you when you're in Miami. Pitbull is the most important thing you can have at your sweet sixteen. Rogers wants a pony in in the form of Randall Cobb. That's where we're at right now. Uh, or uh, the blueberry girl from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. It's just he's going to turn into a blueberry once it's all said and done. That's what he wants. That's exactly his character right now. I don't know how far we want to get into this. I just felt it was worth addressing because it the little hubbub on Twitter about it. Lamar responding to the Adam Schefter TV report yesterday that he had turned down yeah. the $200 million guaranteed from the Ravens. Lamar just tweeted, three years, $133 million fully guaranteed, and I need an agent, which I don't know – so Schefter in that report was talking about how there was $133 fully guaranteed at signing with a couple more little escalators in time that could go to $200 million guaranteed. I don't really know what this means. I, my first thought is something we talked about with the teams that might be going after Lamar Jackson is a short-term deal that's fully guaranteed a possibility because mm-hmm. if what you're scared off is – what you're scared off from – is the fourth and fifth years we get deeper into the deal, that being guaranteed for a guy that's had some injury issues, mm-hmm. would he do a fully guaranteed deal that was potentially a shorter term deal? But I don't know if that's necessarily what he's referring to here. Right. I don't want like I don't like doing cryptic tweet analysis, but it's just <laughs> something that happened today that I felt like we should talk about a little bit. Yeah. And if you if it were if it were that three years 133 million fully guaranteed comes in about forty four million change a year. Deshaun Watson got five year deal, about forty six mil a year guaranteed. So you're getting into that range, and but it's you know like it's thir- it's three years, you know, and pe- players want long term commitments to themselves, and I get that. But I, I see, I go the other way. If just, I if I'm Lamar, you do the three year fully guaranteed deal, and then he's twenty nine. Te- Kirk Cousins did that. Yeah. Look at what has happened with Kirk Cousins just over the last five it. years. Because when you do the three year deal, teams find, and that's why I don't think the Ravens specifically would want to do something like that. Because when you do the three year deal, you don't have many avenues out of that again look at what the vikings have had to do they've had to keep extending their quarterback in order to keep pushing open the window because they're they can't go anywhere else with the funny money on the deal like if you want to throw some void years on there potentially but you're operating with a lot of leverage if you do short-term expensive deals as a quarterback kirk cousins again is really the only one who's done this look at how much money Kirk Cousins has made over the last five years. Like That's I it. don't even if you, I understand wanting the security long term, especially if you're a guy like Lamar who's been banged up a little bit. But I still think that you can really wield your negotiating power with these short term deals as a quarterback. So if that and, ends up being one of the outcomes, I don't think it's the worst outcome for him. And you're betting on yourself, like so. Yeah. You just say, hey, I'll stay healthy. I'll quarterback. Battle that is a decent bet. It is. It's always going to be the most prized position and the most highly paid position if he say he just played the three years and plays 15 games a year the next three years okay so 45 games yada 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 he's 29 years old and then he can cash in again like that 
do you think you can get another three-year fully guaranteed deal? Like that, uh, when the market is going up and the cap's going up and all that, like it's not the worst bet to make on yourself as a quarterback. I love your Kirk Cousins comparison because no quarterback bet on themselves more than Kirk Cousins, and no one. Kirk has- Cousins also got a fully guaranteed deal. Yeah. Right. We, we forget this. Kirk Cousins got a three-year fully guaranteed deal. This is just a different tier of money for a different yeah. tier of quarterback. Correct. I. It's so funny. We've done so many rounds and rounds about this with Lamar. And for so long, for so many months and months and months, I didn't really engage with it in a significant way because I just assumed he'd be back in Baltimore. Like, exactly. what, is the, what is the simplest explanation with these sort of conversations? It's that he will just be back with the team because teams don't let quarterbacks of this caliber just walk out the door. And I think two first-round picks is equivalent to letting him walk out the door, mm-hmm. even if you're getting something. And now I've kind of come all the way back around to that thinking. Where it's like, I just think he's going to end up back in Baltimore. I, I think so. this is just them kind of letting him explore the market in order to get another team to potentially negotiate for them or to kind of set what the market is. I understand it as a negotiating tactic, but I just have come back to this idea that I just think that the Ravens do what they need to do to get him back. And I I think there's, you know, of course, through any negotiation period, there's going to be some animosity between Lamar and the Ravens, but I don't think it's broken. Like it doesn't it, was with, see, it could be like much what, worse based on how everything is gone. I, yes. the, I, like what's going on in public and the tenor of the discussion and the discourse from both sides is not nearly as antagonistic as it tends to be in these situations. Well, remember cousins with Washington was terrible yeah. at, by the end. I mean, the, the double tag and everything. Oh my God. Like they weren't even talking to each other. So that's, that's a little bit of the difference with this. And I think that's, uh, that's how I've always assumed that he would just go back to the Ravens because I just couldn't fathom some, a team letting a guy like him go. Like, just like you said, a top eight ish, 10 ish quarterback in the prime of his career, like, you know, he's 26 and already has proven what he has done in this league. So yeah, I think that's how I've always operated. I just can't, I can't picture it. I just think they just had to go through a lot of different hoops because of the just unique situation that that is and it is what a unique, unique player he is. And, and he's gone about this in a way where he's trying to reset the way that these contracts work. And yep. he's tried to, again, exert every bit of leverage that he has because of the unique position that he's in. And I respect that. I, very few guys have been willing to push it all the way. And he has pushed it all the way. And now we're seeing what that feels like. But again, I don't think it's gotten nearly as nasty as it might in another circumstance with a different organization that would be more willing to kind of leak things and trash him. And with right. a guy who maybe is a little less, I don't know, amicable than Lamar when it comes yeah. to this kind of stuff, <laughs> yes, I guess right. I would describe it. It could have been a lot uglier. <laughs> yes, it could have yes. been a lot uglier, I guess is yeah. how I'd say. All right, next one here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers re-signed Jamel Dean, according to Ian Rappaport. Four years, $52 million, $26 million guaranteed. I just didn't anticipate this even being an option yeah. based on how much cap gymnastics they were having to do, all the guys that they were having to either release in Donovan Smith's case or restructure with a bunch of those other guys. Just felt like he was probably on the way out. I don't, I'm not sure I totally get the plan yeah. right now, but I can understand looking at a market for Jamel Dean at $13 million a year and just saying, that's a good player. Whatever our plan is over the next two or three years, that's a good player at a decent price. That benefits us. Yep. And and it's not like he's 29. He's 26. You're paying yep. him right before he d- corners drop off a cliff. I think as people are realizing, 30-year-old corners. Um, the Pucks quietly have a 
fantastic quarterback pairing yeah. that they have under contract. They've got for, good players. They got good players. I know they're such a fascinating team. They've nailed a lot of drafts in the last half decade, ever since they took a kicker in the second round. Like they, they've been on a run since then. Um, so I think this is a very fair deal. It's just like you said, it's a weird, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what the path they're trying to make, how much they're trying to compete because they do have a talented roster. And then they, you know, they make trades, like, you know, getting rid of Shaq Mason, which we'll get into. But it's, I, I just, it's, it's interesting. I understand wanting to pay a good player because why not? It, it, this, these guys are hard to find. Why not keep our two very talented cornerbacks under, under contract for a few more years? Looking at their 2024 cap situation, and it's actually not that terrible. You know, they Mike Evans is not under contract after this season. That's right. You know, they got some big cap numbers because of restructures that they've done. You know, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, both up over 23, 24 million. Carlson Davis is at 20. Vitavea is at 21. Ryan Nelson's pretty high. Now they have Dean on there. They could potentially move on from Russell Gage after this year. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, we're going to talk about them in a second, kind of how the Dolphins cap is structured, where you have these guys that just have monster deals, you know, 20, 25 million up to 28 million, but they don't have any mid tier players on the cap. So it's not that bad. Like they can afford it and they still have some mm-hmm. flexibility. So I don't know what the quarterback plan is going to be as part of this. But the Bucks do have more flexibility into like the 2024 season than you might anticipate. And we just got to keep coming back to it. These are like worthwhile players to pay. You know, and like a lot and of it, them are young. Yeah, you know, they're still the mid late 20s. Yeah, Collins 28. Uh, Carlton Davis is 28. Jamel Dean's 28, or will be in 20. These are all in 2024 ages. Yeah. So yeah, man. They're all. They're, they can, excuse me. Godwin's twenty seven. Carlton Davis is twenty seven. All these guys are still in the prime of their careers. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I know, know what the off ramp is. I don't know what the quarterback solution is to kind of bring it all together. But their financial circumstances are not as bad over a two year period as you might think they are. They could quickly. They could quickly microwave themselves back to relevancy. Like they could. I, they I could, think that's exactly what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. I mean, when when you look at this signing, that is the signal that it sends to me. Yes, especially with the NFC right now. The NFC is so wide open; it really is. And so, yeah, I, it's I, a really I good can, point. I can see how teams talk themselves into it. I really can. Uh, when you look at the AFC bloodbath, and then you look at the NFC, it's like we can get hot <laughs> if we try. If we if the stars align, we could do this. So I can I can see how they talk themselves back into it. Like that's why I. I you know, if I privately grade this, I liked it. Like I did. I understand it. Like it's it's a hard position to find players, and he's proven himself, and he's only getting better. So I understand why to lock him down. What the quarterback plan would look like next year uh, if you sign Baker or whoever they end up getting to a one year deal, I think that becomes the question. And yeah. you know, can you be in a spot where maybe you make a trade up for somebody? But how they end up filling that position with some of these other guys is obviously going to be the huge question. Right. The other kind of big picture thing I wanted to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Feel like the what cornerback market is cooling down a little bit. I'm trying to, but who's who's been payable? You know. Well, so the the guys that have been really paid at the top of the market are the guys that have been getting extensions from their own teams. Okay, right. so Jair is at the top of it right now. Denzel Ward was there, and I think both of those guys were likely negotiating off of the Jalen Ramsey deal, which mm-hmm. I think makes a lot of sense. So it was up mm-hmm. in that twenty million dollar a year range. But we, in the past, we used to see guys getting to free agency and still getting paid in that general range, even if they weren't that type of player. 
uh, the guy that comes to mind for me very quickly is like Tremaine Johnson, right? And right. he was working off of two tags, so I think that's a higher starting point. But even when we the contract that J.C. Jackson signed last year was, I still think, about $16 million a year and a little bit less than some people expected. Mm-hmm. And now that top-of-the-market cornerback deals in this year's group is even lower than that. I mean, $13 million a year for a guy like Jamel Dean, it didn't used to be that much of a discount if you end up hitting free agency. Mm. And I wonder if teams around the league are looking at that non-elite group of corners, the guys that are a step down from there, just saying, this is more about having a player that we can count on in that position rather than paying up for an elite guy. Right. Well, and then like Trey White got paid and then got hurt. Like, and that that's it's another. It's just like, such a. There is so much volatility. Yep. With with cornerback play, and again, just be, it being kind of a weak link structure back there. Yep. I wonder if teams are kind of getting a little bit smarter about that with how they're allocating resources on their back end. And maybe I'm te- reading too much into that. But yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. I, I think maybe the the, the se- like you said the second tier market I think has solidified that that hey we don't need to like overpay for a number two or overpay for a low end number one or what could be a low end number one. I think that's really what it is. I just think the top, top end, what I have in my head, who are the top guys aren't, haven't gotten paid yet. You know, like the, the Sertans, the Terrells, like the next kind of well, I think what'll happen with those guys, but those guys get paid just, by their they'll teams. They'll just top the Jair contract in the yeah, same exactly. way that that continues to happen. But you're but saying think, teams, like, like guys switching teams or guys kind of coming up and potentially switching teams kind of thing, I, right? I think it really is like a hard line between mm-hmm. the elite guys, so let's say there are at any given time in the NFL like six to eight of those, if we're being generous. Yeah, and I was going to say five. Down, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, but if you, if you look at the the contracts that have been handed out right now, that Jair is at the top. Yeah, uh, Denzel Ward is in there. He, he also got that deal. Jalen Ramsey, Trey mm-hmm. White, like those are the guys that are at the top of it. And then I think there's a significant step down. So let's say that yeah. there are five at any given time. Mm-hmm. And that when Jalen Ramsey ages out of that in two years, Patrick Sertan will age into it. So yeah. if there's like that, like Mount Rushmore-esque, like five-person table, if you're not sitting at that table, it seems like teams are less willing to pay for a premium at that position right now. It's like, it's like $5 million per tier. That's kind of yeah. what it's like breaks yeah. breaks down to about yeah I mean five six million dollars that actually just feels right actually now kind of like you sit and think about it for every position really uh, we'll talk about defensive line later in the show but that that kind of just feels like the tier break uh, or so the right now those guys. Here, here's the here's the group okay so Jair Denzel yeah. Ward Jalen yeah. Ramsey Marshawn Lattimore oh yeah Mar- yep Marlon Humphrey okay are the guys like up near twenty million dollars a year and then yeah. the step down from there. Is Xavier Xavier Howard's at eighteen million, Trey White's at seventeen million, Darius Slay's at sixteen point seven, but he signed that a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Like, for example, the Byron Jones deal that he yeah. signed in twenty twenty for yeah. sixteen and a half million dollars a year. Teams aren't giving out that version of the deal in free agency. JC right. Jackson got sixteen and a half two years later. Yeah. At two years after Byron Jones. I remember got that we were contract. shocked about Carlton Davis and JC Jackson's contracts last that year. They got a little I, bit less. Yeah, and I we think thought they'd be both about two, kind three of a more. continuation of that. Yeah. Like Charvarius Ward, for example, right? The, so Charvarius Ward and Jamel Dean got very similar deals. Okay, mm-hmm. $13.5 million a year for Charvarius Ward, $13 million for Jamel Dean. And that is a significant step down from the top of the market. And yeah. that reflects what those players are. But yeah. often when you get to free agency, that gap in who you actually are gets shrunk. 
yeah. because teams are overpaying. I'm, and that I'm, doesn't seem to be happening as much anymore. I'm curious, too, is this is the what everybody's running now on defense. You got a lot of cover two to the field. So you're kind of going, hey, we don't need – we need kind of a more of a solid player than a guy that's going to lock down a guy one-on-one. We don't have a lot of Seahawk defenses, the cover three defenses out there where you have guys living on the outside one-on-one over and over. So I wonder if that's, too, where – Coaches are coming in and go like, we don't need to pay these guys, and personnel guys are reflecting that. So I'm curious about that too. The Ward signing was like that. That's the ideal version. You're paying for a guy that's a true outside guy that makes a living for you, high end number two. He played outstanding this year, matched their personality and everything. And that's what thirteen and a half million. That feels very right to me in kind of this new landscape. So I'm curious if that's what it is too. Is that coaches are kind of emphasizing it's like we we can game this up a little bit. Like, yeah, we want a guy to really help our help our lives out, but if we can get a guy that's more just, like, fine, useful player, we'll find a use for him in how we call the defense. So if this is the, the comparison that I think is worthwhile and is worth making, if you look at, like, the defensive tackle market, okay? Yeah. yeah. So let's go back five years to so 2018. Okay. This is a crude way of doing this, but just by AAV, the guys from, like, 10 to 15 in the defensive mm-hmm. tackle market were making 12 million, 12 million, 10 and a half, 10 and a half, 10.2. Okay. That's like that's twelve to fifteen at defensive tackle. At corner, it was essentially the same price. Okay, okay? the guys from t- 12, 12, 11, 10 and a half, ten point two. It's almost the exact same money. Yeah. Now, your shell, your uh, Draymond Joneses are getting seventeen million dollars a year, where your Jamel Deans are getting thirteen million dollars a year. So yeah. I think that the defensive tackle market at that stage where it's the step down from the elite guys is growing where the cornerback mm-hmm. market is trailing off a little bit. Yeah. That's what it feels the, like to me. It's just the amount of good players too. <laughs> that, sure. that, that also is an influence on it, but no, it, I think there is a, I, we, I, I'll pat ourselves on the back. I think we were t- have been talking about this for two, almost three years since we started this podcast is that is that the interior line play matters now if teams want to play in lighter boxes so i think a lot of that matters teams just it's just how the philosophy all these teams and what they think they need Uh, there was a stretch for five six seven years where i mean the pass rushing is always going to be a priority i think these guys that are the teams are not just looking at guys that have seven sacks nine sacks 11 sacks they're just not looking at they see a guy with six and a half sacks and they go well he does a lot of other shit in the run game and he he makes it useful he plays a lot i think teams have gotten smarter about what is useful for for their defenses and what they require them to do but i think just it's the new world of it and also just it's a little bit of everything little column a little column b players a lot of players that deserve to get paid and also the philosophy of defenses as as far as up up front especially the interior d-line well let's let's talk about some interior defense line oh yeah paid okay the browns adding some bulk (laughs) <laughs> to their defense right now. Dalvin Tomlinson. They paid for four it. years, fifty-seven million <laughs> with twenty-seven God. and a half million dollars guaranteed. Again, talk about just outside that top tier pay at the position. That's right below like what Cam Hayward got. That deal is like three years old now, so it's a little bit outdated, yeah. but that's still a real chunk of change for a guy who isn't dominant as a pass rusher. He can no. give you something on all three downs, but that's not the basis of his game. Yeah, I understand the the thought process and the need. It was a uh, quite an overpay in my estimation. Quite an overpay. Uh, this is basically the DJ Reader contract that the Bengals gave in twenty twenty. Yeah, both four years. Yep, that that's was fifty million. Yep. 20. Yeah, that very. This kind of the inflation from that number. Uh Tomlinson's a fine player. I've always kind of thought he's a little overrated, but he's the, fine. The, uh, this just feels like one of those we we didn't we haven't had, had this. To. This we're sending it. a signal about yeah. what we do. That's exact. That's 
same with the, the Giants signing a linebacker, a little overpay there. But it's but like just compare Rakeem Nunez Drocious, who I, I talked about. I really like that signing for the Giants. Three years, twelve million, seven million guaranteed. He's a couple years older. They both play about fifty percent of their snaps. They both have the same role. Three tech can move inside, can anywhere in the interior. They are both defensive plugger, run pluggers first. That's where uh, the disconnect, I think, is here. I think they're in the same tier of player. You know, I, like maybe Tomlinson's slightly better, but the difference in money is ridiculous. <laughs> that Tomlinson's getting twenty million more. Uh, so that's where I think this is a signal. I understand it, but there's a huge, huge overpay. Yes, this role I just talked about how interior defense line is very important, but for what this type of player is, I think you can find cheaper value for this. It's like paying a lot of money for a closer in baseball. You can kind of find guys. Yes, the good ones are good, but you can kind of find guys that are way, way under market price. So that's what it feels like to me. What do you think Deshaun Watson's cap hit is in 2024? Oh, uh, eight, oh 2024? Isn't it like $60 million? $64 million. 64, yeah. I mean, they're Nintendo just gonna, 64. They're just going to keep on. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. When you see the void years and when it kicks in, it's it's uh, it's it's ridiculous how much money it's going to be. It's someone else's problem, I think, once that, that happens at the end of the run. We're, we're going to talk about this when we get to the Michael Thomas contract, but it's just the, the way that the Saints are doing it and that, the deep respect that I have for that mindset. One more Brown signing, though, one that I think you're going to like a little bit more. Yes, I am. Three years, $19 million with $12 million guaranteed for Oba Okoronkwo. Love this. Love this. He's your so guy. much. I love this so much. I think this is a perfect, perfect level signing. How much he got? Twelve million guaranteed. Three years. So Rose can probably do a two-year, six million deal. I, I love this. Um, more than fair for what he is. Basically, what the Seahawks gave Nwosu last year. Uh, kind of the same kind of candidate. They're they're Millsap. Both of the Millsap. Though, isn't it? Uh, it's very comparable. I, I didn't write down the numbers, but I just kind of made that in my notes. It's comparable. Um, but you're paying him. Because he's a hell of a pass rusher. Uh, he's passable. He's improved, but he's passable against the run. But that's why you cite Tomlinson. Uh, but I love this fit. Uh, this is a perfect type of guy to have against my, with Miles Garrett. Let these two just tee off on guys. Uh, Jim Schwartz is going to let him get wide, pin his ears back, and go. And this is, yeah, he's going to be okay against the run. He, he kind of just holds a fort. You'll hopefully have another guy that can play rundown snaps for you on the outside. Man, when you get into second along and third downs, just let them go. Uh, I think this is a great, great signing, especially for what they need. Adds a lot of juice to their pass rushing. Jadavian Clowney is a useful player, but he's like a run-first player, which is so funny compared to what he came into the league. This is a true pass rushing edge. But I think that's what that's their thinking here, is they think about how all the pieces are fitting together. You're going to have Tomlinson as that plugger. Exactly. We now can get a little bit more pass rush juice opposite Miles Garrett, where teams have to worry about multiple guys. Jadavian Clowney's production numbers as a pass rusher especially two years ago were very good because he's in advantageous situations all the time yeah and so having a guy who's got a little bit more pop purely as a pass rusher putting him in those advantageous situations and having defensive tackles that can just eat more blocks Mm -hmm. up there i think makes sense as a general plan i love this i any four down kind of base front team which jim schwartz is uh, you know brown's defense coordinator that's who i wanted oboe to go with and so this was I thought this was perfect as far as team, situation, role, player. Really like this signing. One of my favorites probably of this whole entire offseason process, seriously. Alex, can you pull up the the quote, the, the comment here from Jusasa, this last one? I think it's a really good thought, and I, I want to talk about it here in a second. So I think this is exactly what we're getting to. 
the the cornerback versus defensive tackle isn't also isn't that also a situation where teams can hide cornerbacks with scheme while mm-hmm. a defensive pass rusher is more of an individual skill where coaching has less influence? Yes, yes. Like, it be, because with the corner, it's part of a system. Yeah. It, it, you are part of a group. It's part of an overall plan where. A defensive tackle, you have an impact on the game independent of everything else that's happening around you. I think that's kind of the general point that we were trying to make, but yeah. that's very well articulated. So thank very you good. very much for saying yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's scheme-proof. Like, yes. a defensive that's line exact, can be that's more exactly scheme-proof. Right. That's, yes. that's, that's all the discussion that we have about how, like, pressure rates go from travel with the player because not much difference usually in what you're doing. You know, <laughs> like, you're rushing the pass or you're stopping the run. Those techniques kind of carry over from team to team. But a coverage scheme can wildly... Different, uh, be different from what you're asked to do. As JC Jackson, <laughs> that's that's a number one example. All right, let's stick with the defensive line here. Marcus Davenport gets a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal from the Vikings, according to Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofalo, and Tom Pelissero. It's a group effort. It's like a Beatles song. This is a good, written written by a lot of guys. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about this? Okay. I love the player. Uh, it's just it's like a one year flyer, but it, I don't know what the Vikings are doing. It's um, interesting to me. I, that's, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the plan is here. It, I, I'm not. That's not. What, when I say I don't know what don't know what the Vikings are doing, I'm not saying like, oh my god, this is the yeah, stupidest move I, I've ever seen. More like, I actually think it's no, no. a smart move. Okay, it's a great move. So, so to buy let's low. say in this hypothetical, they yeah. move on from Zadarius Smith. Okay. They yep. would save about $12 million by cutting oh, seems, or trading Zedarius Smith. That seems like a nice so, coincidence. <laughs> so it's a, so a one-for-one one swap, yeah. okay? Zedarius Smith is 31. He had an injury history before he got to Minnesota, even if he Correct. stayed relatively healthy, especially for the first half of last season. Marcus Davenport has an injury history, but he's 26 years old. Right. So you're replacing a 31-year-old Zedarius Smith with a 26-year-old Marcus Davenport, and on the off chance he hits – now you could potentially retain him and he could be part of your core moving forward. What that core looks like is kind of difficult to define because they're walking a tightrope here between trying to compete but also trying to maintain flexibility beyond this season and the way that they can build the roster. I think that's perfectly expressed by what just happened with Kirk Cousins. Okay, They converted about $16 million of Kirk Cousins, I assume roster bonus, let's do this Friday into a signing bonus and freedom mm-hmm. him $16 million in cap space. They did not extend him. Right. He had two void years remaining on his deal, so that conversion will be prorated over those final two years. They kicked the can down the road a little bit. It's going to mm-hmm. cost them something to move on from him after this year, but they are not tying themselves into him. Okay? So they're trying to live in both of these worlds yeah. where they're trying to be competitive this year, but they're also trying to make sure that into next season, they can kind of remake this thing in the way that they see fit. It's a difficult balance to strike. It is. It's what happens when you win 13 games, but you didn't really have a team that you think you can build on after winning 13 games. So what Quasi Odofo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell are trying to do here, I sympathize with it because it's not easy. I do think that Marcus Davenport is kind of an interesting piece of, data as part of that pursuit it's for a guy that it's a one-year deal for a guy that's been injured throughout his history but has been productive and it kind of feels right for a team that is trying to talk out both sides of their mouth hey we're productive but it's only a one-year deal there's a pr- there's we're no productive down, there's no yeah. downside right there like is not if, if it hits then as you kind of go into your next era next season you can, he can be a part of that plan a, if you a, want him to be a team with kirk cousins and justin jefferson even if they have other holes on the roster is not a tanking pair you know what I mean? Like it's it's really hard. They built the off ramp. We use that term off ramp, and I've I really like when you use it. It's 
not just you, but just the general term. <laughs> but I, I, I really like that because, but that's what they did. They're building another avenue that they can go down, especially for next year. That's that's what it seems like to me. It, it, it's tough. Uh, the Vikings are very difficult to talk about because you have to read between the lines with their moves. And that that's really what it is because I think they really are trying to do two things at once, not in a bad way, but trying to just live in two worlds at the same time. And it's just really, really difficult to do right. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the cap gymnastics funny money situation is going to have to be with Cousins. He, right yeah. now he has $28.5 million in dead money after this season. I don't know if they make him like a post-June first cut, if they can spread that out. I think that spread they can. So just something to keep an eye on. But after this year, I mean, you assume that Harrison Smith is gone. He'll be 35. So Darius Smith will be gone. I assume Dalvin Cook will be gone. They can save a ton of money if they move on from him. So now going into next season, you really don't have that many Watch. guys on the roster that you've nope. committed to. Brian O'Neill is somebody that was on an extension from a previous regime, is still a 29-year-old tackle. But other than that, I mean, it's a lot of the young guys that you've mm-hmm. drafted and then guys potentially that you'd want to extend. You mm-hmm. know, Justin Jefferson, is, is yeah. I believe he'll be on his fifth-year option at that point. But they really paid. do have that flexibility heading into next year. And I think that was obviously important to them rather than extending Cousins again and seeing what we can squeeze out of this. I really do think they want to be able to turn the page here sooner rather than later. That's what it is. Uh, yep, that's exactly it. And that I, I, I like that you just broke it down right there. Like O'Neill's a fine player, a good solid starter on the right side, and Jefferson's going to get paid. But then that's the thing. They're not tied to anybody. They're not pot committed to anybody else. And I think that's for a team that's going to want to revamp their whole roster probably pretty soon. Makes a lot of sense uh, what they're trying to do. Hawkinson will also be up, so he'll be looking for yep. an extension. I think after that trade, that's definitely something you want to do. But and they're yeah. looking to move Dalvin Cook too. I think right that yeah. that's been rumored I mean, a whole I, bunch I of times. Yeah, yep. I think that they have like five, six guys. It's like okay, these are the guys that we've committed to outside of the draft picks that we've already and made, and that's going to be how we shape this thing moving forward. The question again: Where does the quarterback come? How do they find it? What does that plan look like in a post-Kirk Cousins world? But I think this offseason and the moves that they've made, and I think we'll continue to make, again, we'll see what happens with Smith, the Smiths, Harrison and Zedarius, and Dalvin Cook. The moves that they've made and will continue to make, I think, have signaled to me that they are ready and the, the clock started to get to that post Kirk yeah. Cousins world here sooner rather than later. They made, they made a calendar. They've it's 364 days until, 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 until they have to make the next move. I think I, I think that's exactly how to sum it up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, a couple more big money signings here. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Draymond Jones going to Seattle. Three years, $51 million, $30 million guaranteed. The Seahawks cutting Shelby Harris. He would have been about 10 or so million dollars against the cap. I think they saved like $9 million by cutting him. Draymond Jones in year one will count $10 million against the cap. So it's essentially just swapping out Shelby Harris, who is getting into his 30s, for Draymond Jones, who is 26 years old. Yeah, and Shelby Harris was a... Uh, another plugger type gets his hands on a lot of balls. Great field goal blocker as well. Uh, like blocking field goals, not like field goal block team. He's not like the wing out there, the swinging gate. Uh, but I, I love this. I thought it would be Zach Allen. And actually rumors came out that they were looking at Zach Allen very hard. Uh, I think very similar types of guys. Right? They are. Like, yeah. same, it's a little different play style, but the exact same role. Three tech, four I, five. Useful player. You could kick into two eye if you need him. Yeah, you know, inside Draymond is, is more is more disruptive. He's going to yes. make more splash He's plays with the way that he plays. That's exactly but, it. Yep. Yeah. It's but both of those guys, I think, were well worth paying. Um, essentially, what we talked about: second tier interior defensive line money. He he firmly got it right around the Grady Jarrett, Eric Armstead, Kenny Clarks of the world, which I think is very fair for what he is. Um, I really like him. I, I I've talked about him already before on previous shows. I think he still has room to grow and get even better. Like the I think it's best. isn't that bad, man. It's not it's $30 at all. Thirty million dollars guaranteed. It's a ten million dollar cap hit this year and seventeen million dollars in year two. It's not bad at all. I thought it was four years at first, and so three years I was even like, I mean, that's not bad at all. Like it really isn't for what this. It's a lot is. of money, but I, I do think that you could talk he's, yourself into him being worth that deal even into next year when it's a seventeen million dollar cap hit. 
when you look at even snap breakdown and he's playing 80% plus of your snaps, that's, that's worthwhile. This is not just a specialist type. Like, and that's the thing. His sack numbers are never going to be outrageous. Positional flexibility. Yep. Line up in a couple different spots. And, and for a defense that needs front guys, they need, they need like two more yeah. up there. And that's what helps. We talk about this flexibility. Now you can pop in who you want. And also a team, uh, I look at Seahawks Twitter. I'm kind of, as I'm wearing a Mariner shirt, I'm like Seahawks Twitter adjacent. It's one of the teams I'm kind of like somewhat affiliated with, even though I'm not a Seahawks fan. But I just see it's like they're trying to figure out what's their best defense and what they want to go. They've, they've tried a few things in the last couple of years. This helps because he can do it both. He can be a gap shooter or he can be a two-gapping, three-four type that can hold on to blocks because he's long and strong. So useful. And he's only 26 with room to get better. I, I really like this one. And there's definitely a, a timeline where they just drop Jalen Carter, Will Anderson onto this Correct. team in a couple months. So now you have Draymond Jones, you have Will Anderson or Jalen oh Carter, God. you have a Chenna Nuosu, you have a couple of those guys that you've Him you and Jalen Carter secondary. would be monsters together. Yeah. Oh my it, God. It's It becomes interesting pretty quickly. I know the Seahawks, man. I, they're, I know. They're a team, one of my favorite teams to watch this year. I'm very, very interested in Seahawks in 2023. Michael Sean Dugar, I think, did a very good and intentional job of pointing this out on Twitter. Seahawks don't do a lot of this. They don't do a nope. lot of big, splashy outside free agent signings. The Nuoso deal is, you know, mostly the range that they're going to go into with outside free agencies. So this is a little bit out of character, but they have some money to spend. Mm-hmm. You know, again, because so much of their core is young, cost controlled. You know, Gino is not on crazy money, even on an extension. So you know, they're I think seeing themselves it's and billing themselves good. as a, a pretty real contender in the NFC this year, and I understand that. And with a lot of picks, it's yep. Seahawks are sitting pretty right now. It's uh, it's pretty, it's funny how in one year, how much you know, like your feelings with the team can change. I thought this rebuilding process would be a lot longer. They really revamped the house really, really quickly. I think they're, as it stands right now, not a ton of cap space left. Oh, they, okay, so they're move on from Shelby Harris. So. You know, not a ton of flexibility. This, these are mostly, I think, the splashy moves you're going to see from them, yep. but. Again, add a couple guys high up in the draft like they have, and it's pretty man. interesting. No, no, get two tackles and two corners in a draft, and uh, you're and a starting running back, and your uh, your for, your future fortunes look really, really rosy. <laughs> that's that's really what it kind of happened for the Seahawks. I wanted to ask you this, okay? Yeah. So just as, this, these are useful exercises to me when we think about free agency because it's about opportunity cost, okay? If you're going to sign one player, you cannot sign another player. Mm-hmm. If you're Chicago. And you look at the deal that Draymond Jones just got from Seattle, and you look at the deal that you gave Tremaine Edmonds. Which one would you want? Draymond Jones. I'm building up front. If I'm rebuilding team, I'm building up front. I think that it's just a philosophy I'm always going to have. And I think that's, a, again, we're talking about player that can plug in anywhere for a team that needs players that it would make sense, more sense to me, especially what they did with the Edwards. Like they already had Edwards in, in the hand. So you didn't like need to splurge so that's that's where i would have gone with it's just always always building up front especially for useful players they still have a ton of money i mean they signed to marcus walker in free agency yesterday they've got two or three other i like the walker signing by the way those and i think they can still do a couple of those in the yeah. defensive line and just assign pieces up there they're I, not crippled because of it like that's the thing it's not well, it, no, it, no they have that's, so much that's, money there's so Again, much money it's the opportunity cost isn't that real because you have to spend this money yeah. somewhere and they have so much of it so he, much he they front loaded the deal he has a 22 million dollar cap hit next year when he has that 22 million dollar cap hit they still have an unbelievable amount of money to work that's with because they have no players on the team Right. And, and I think that's part of it. As I've thought more about it, I still don't totally support it as a general idea. But I can understand if you're the front office looking at him and saying, okay, 
among all of the players available in free agency, is he the best bet to be an elite player over the life of this contract? As a 24-year-old guy who just had his best season at a position where it takes a little bit longer to develop. I think that's still a pretty narrow band of outcomes to be yeah. betting on, but I understand the mindset when you have that much money to spend. That's I, my thought and, on it right now. And sleeping on it, you know, you kind of, in the moment, yeah, we, were li- we were live we when we saw We literally responded the- in real time in Real as time, it so yeah. So, of course, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I... I was pretty harsh on it yesterday. He's still, like you said, it's you're betting on the upside and that's when you're, you're always going to overpay in free agency for the most part. There's a couple I really even talked about that I think are underpays, but you're going to overpay. You're betting on, like you said, can this guy live up the contract or exceed it where the money is worthwhile? That's why I was a big fan of Draymond Jones because I thought that he could live up to whatever deal he got or surpass it. That's the thing with Edmonds for three years of his career so far, or, or the first half of his career, I should say, it's been a lot of up and down play where it's like, yes, he's the idea of Edmonds was better than the actual player. And last year was the first kind of proof of concept of what he could be. So I understand the bet. And honestly, like you said, after two years, okay, if he isn't what we thought, they have workable ways. And that's to like $15 kind of million dollars next, a year for the next two years. And you they know, can move and, on. And that's yeah. the thing. It's not as bad. Like a lot of things in life, it's not as bad or not as good as you think uh, at first glance. And I think maybe it's it's not my favorite signing in the world, but as opposed to like an F, how I felt in real time, it's more like, you know, a B minus as maybe what would have been my grade if I did a grade for it. And it mean, the length, I think, is a, is a game changer at that position. If you look at the guys who actually impact the game at the highest level, like guys like Fred Warner, just being able to cover all of that ground in the middle yeah. of the field and just be a disruptor in the passing game. I think that's the bet that you're trying to make. Okay. A little bit of news as we're sitting here right now. According to Jordan Schultz, Alan Lazard has signed a four-year, $44 million deal with the Jets, $22 million guaranteed. It's kind of just the Corey Davis money. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Didn't Corey Davis sign for three years, $33 million? He did. I think his his hit's like 10.5 mil this year or something like that. It's 11.2. So, and I, I assume Lazard's <laughs> will be less than that, but yeah. the, the money that they will save moving out from Corey Davis, it feels like they have earmarked for Alan Lazard. Exact same role, exact same like tier of player to me. It's that's kind of funny to me that that they actually. Get but the Aaron Rodgers is friends with this guy and not yes. Corey Davis, so. and he knows the signals. The signals that, by the way, he hasn't changed any of the signals. You know that like Y flat play that used to run like you know Jared Cook when he was there, and and, and Finley and all that. So like that little play is this. That's the signal. It hasn't changed in 15 years. He still does it. And so that's what I, I kind of crack up that like no one can learn that. Me not even studying it knows the signal. Sorry, that's my like little mini rant that he's like, I need the guys that know my stuff. And it's like, yeah, do you? Maybe just trust that these other players can play too. Sorry. That was my little quick little rant about the having the supporting cast to match with him. I like Lazard. I really do. Very useful player, especially on third and fourth down. It's just funny. Yeah, it's not crazy money. No, and it's it's he's a it's useful less player. Than I thought he would get. Yeah, he's a useful player, and that, yeah. that's the the contract for like a starting receiver. Okay, Zach Allen goes to Denver, three years, forty five million, with thirty two and a half million guaranteed. Reunited with Vance Joseph, who was his yeah. defensive coordinator in Arizona. I can't really, I don't really know what to make of what the Broncos have done, other than it seems like they're putting themselves in a position where they can kind of move on from the non-Payton guys after mm-hmm. this season. And there's going to be the guys that Sean Payton decided to build around. So like guys like uh, Cortland Sutton, 
Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, all of those guys have contracts where they can move on and pivot into next year. Also a reminder that Russ's cap hits aren't crazy over the next two years. Like I, that was a good learning experience for me. Yeah. He's only at thirty five million, so that's I think why they can afford some of these yeah. deals that get a little bit more expensive into next year. Also, McGlinchey, Powers, and Zach Allen, their cap hits this year add up to eighteen million dollars only. That's fine. So, and it, those are going to go up, obviously, in future years. But I think that's if we're trying to figure out well, how can they afford all these guys yeah. after some of the contracts they've handed out, and with Russ's deal, that's how they can afford all these guys. Yeah, it's not like Sh- Sean Payton brought Mickey Loomis and the cap guy from the Saints over and went like, "Hey, figure this out." <laughs> They're not going through that game plan. It just makes sense for the timing of all the contracts. No, this is. Also, great. Sorry, there's going to be a few of these guys. But great reminder for me about how much the coaching connection matters for some of these signings. How much these guys pound the table for the, they have to get their guy, Vance Joseph and Zach Allen. Um, again, we, we kind of mentioned him a little bit. Talk about Draymond Jones, similar to your player, very useful. He's a year younger. He's 25. Can move around the defensive line. They can figure out how they want to use him. Uh, so I, I like the signing. It's a good player. I'm not like I think this is a very fair deal. I don't think it's an overpay, even though he doesn't have that name recognition right now. But ascending player, this is well worth paying. So what does that Broncos front look like right now without Chubb and with Zach DJ, Allen? DJ Jones, yep. Allen, uh, potentially whatever Randy Gregory, how many snaps he can give you. Um, Baron Browning. Baron Browning. Baron Browning. Nick Your Bonilla, guy. Baron Browning, man. He was an ace last year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. We, that's we pretty fun. That it's a nice look at The sliding doors are fun. We thought that Zach Allen might be a Seattle guy. Yeah. They sign Draymond Jones, and then Zach Allen signs essentially to play a similar role to the one that Draymond Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. that's actually really funny. We've got, hey, but Vance Joseph got his guy. That's what matters. Um, I, DJ Jones, yeah. DJ Jones is a great ass kicker up front. Him, him and Zach Allen are kind of a fun little pairing. If uh, They won't be in that kind of front a lot, but I like it. I mean, they they got some defensive talent. And on top of it, they got some interesting DBs, you know, with Simmons and Sertan and Kwan Williams, your guy. Uh, yeah, if Randy Gregory, this is always it with Randy Gregory. If Randy Gregory is healthy and playing, it's a really, really fun front, but that's not something you try to bet on, uh, to, to happen every single year. All right. Next one here, some dolphin signings that we need to get to two years, $10 million for David long. (laughs) Would you rather have him? So I, I understand this though. I, I mean, th- this injury is an injury history. concern. Thing. That's it. I mean, it, we, th- this is one of those moments where everyone on Twitter was like, oh, my God. Right now. David Long. How did David Long go and get signed for two years and $10 million? Well, it's, you don't lose your job like if David games. Long doesn't play. <laughs> and yes. I, I think that's – and I used to do this all the time where I'd be like, oh, my God. I mean, that, the, what a steal for that guy. Or like yeah. a third-round pick for Darren Waller. Oh, my God. Well, if he doesn't play half the season. Right. Then – you gave up a third round pick for essentially nothing. Yes. So, and I think that's the concern with some of these guys who have real defined injury histories in the yes. ways that David Long does. That being said, if it hits, oh hell yes! Holy shit! I, I mean, right. that is he is a really good player when he's yep. on the field. Yep. That that's it. Uh, I mean, you know, but that's the thing is like last year, best year possible. He's playing most snaps. Still only played twelve games. Didn't even like it's yeah. like that. Yeah. And that was his best year before that. Ten games. For that 14 and 14, that was in the backup role when he didn't have to play as many snaps, and that's why he stayed healthy. He's an undersized guy. I love David Long. 
my second team all pro. Uh, you love Dave. Uh, he's a great player, but everything you laid out is exactly why his market looks like his market. That's why you only got two years. That's why you got five mil a year. That's why that looks like that. Got yeah. half of what Bobby Okereke got. Yeah. And how many games has Okereke missed? Like not that many, right? Yeah. He's been fairly healthy. You pay for health. I will say Whereas, the Dolphins, though seem a little bit less scared of these sorts of moves than other teams when it comes Armstead. to injury history. Armstead yeah. and Chubb. I mean, they oh, gave yeah, up a Chubb, ton yeah. to go get Bradley Chubb, who's been yep. hurt consistently. They just signed Raheem Mostert, who we're going to get to here in a second. So yeah. they seem like they're going to make bets on yeah. guys who are underpriced because of that injury history. Not that Bradley yeah. Chubb was underpriced. They traded a first-round no, 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 pick no. and they gave him a massive <laughs> extension. But yeah, yeah. in some other instances, that feels like a direction they've been willing to go. And I love the graphs that people post or the numbers when you look at like adjusted games loss and all that. About all, and But you always look at like who the Super Bowl teams are. And it's usually two of the healthiest teams in the yeah. league. If the Dolphins stay healthy, yet all if, even with their quarterback, everybody they got, holy crap, they got a lot of talent. But, but that's the thing. You're betting that maybe the stars can align. And if they do, yes, that's amazing. That's the swing you're making. That's the bet you're making. Honestly, but just even schematic fit, and I, I this is what I said on Twitter, was that this is a pairing I didn't even know I wanted. And now I'm like, f- like fuck yeah. Him and like, Vic Fangio? Yeah. Uh, like Think of Fangio defenses. How much, how much run, how many bits I got out of Troy Reader with the Rams defense? Because why Troy Reader always stood out to me? Because they put him on an island. It's all these fronts they do where the linebacker is the only guy standing right there in the box, and they have to make you right. If somebody misses the gap, does something wrong, they have to make you right. David Long is like the ultimate make-you-writer. Like he, he, This is a great pairing for what they want to do up front. He's lived in light boxes in the Titans. We've talked about this. All these two high fronts, what Jim Schwartz likes to do, all that type of stuff. He cleans up a lot of messes, and he's so instinctive and so aggressive, or so uh, um, um, so intelligent as a player. He's okay against the pass, but he's great against the run. I loved it from a schematic fit, so I really hope that he plays as many games as he can because this could be a really, really fun uh, player to scheme match with a lot of talent around him as well. I believe they brought back Duke Riley as well, so I'm wondering what that means for yeah. the linebacker room as a whole. But yeah, it's a really fun fit if he stays healthy. But that's a yep. big if. Yep, big if. Same for the running backs. That they yeah, that's right. Okay. I was going to say Ray Morris. So and we were wondering what they were going to do at running back mm-hmm. because their running backs were all hitting free agency. They had no one under contract. Two years, $5.6 million for Raheem Mostert, $2.2 million guaranteed. And mm-hmm. they brought back Jeff Wilson. Their running game looked really good at the end of the year with those two guys. Fantastic. I mean, I can understand just saying, why would I have a guy I need to onboard into this right. when I could bring this guy back at a cheap price, get both of them so I protect right. myself a little bit and just roll with this as our group? I understand yeah. that. Get these two and drop in a day three pick. And I, I love that. That's a great running back room. A fun bounce, speed, and a more of a bounce, fun bounce with speed with Raheem, uh, Mostert. And then, like, Jeff Wilson's kind of a nice balance player. Actually, was pretty good in short yard stuff, too. So I like that. And they take a stab on someone that I know they don't have a lot of draft capital. And that's, a, I think, this is a really fun running back room. So, one, one more, like, Dolphins bit of housekeeping. The, the Jalen Ramsey news was reported. I, I want to say it was Spot Track that reported the actual numbers. He has a $28 million cap hit next okay. year on okay. his new deal okay. so we were wondering what that was going to look like yeah. with some of the other restructures that they had done so yeah. heading into next year we're looking at a scenario where Tyreek's at 31 Xavier Howard's at 26 two is at 23 Toronto Armstead's at 21 Chubb is at 27 and Jalen Ramsey is at 28 okay 
it's a lot of expensive <laughs> players. But again, yeah. they have no mid-tier players. Yeah. And they could easily move on next year from Emmanuel Agba, who's kind of a holdover from when they didn't have Bradley Chubb, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, a consideration. If even if they sign Christian Wilkins or re-sign Christian Wilkins, it's likely going to be on a pretty modest deal in year one. So mm-hmm. they can fit him in. So they still have some, some flexibility moving yeah. forward. But I think overall this still signals to me that we really want to put together the best possible roster we can in 2023. We yeah, think this is a window for they're, us. They're cranking that window open yeah, just yeah. as much as they can. No, it feels this is a big year for them, and especially with Tua's stuff coming up and, and everything that with that situation as well that kind of cha- takes away some chances too. So I think this is, uh, yeah, this is just moves to, this is they're really pushing this year, and I, I'm excited to watch it. I, I think it's going to be a very, very fun team. If they move on from Emmanuel Agba and really just Cedric Wilson, but even if you don't include Cedric Wilson in that, the most expensive contract on the books, other than the guys at like 20, 25 million, is Jalen Waddle at 8.6. That's hilarious. It's just an interesting just... team, the way that yeah. it's constructed. I mean, they've gotten – it's either been guys on rookie contracts or elite players that were – well, not it leads players you're trying to pay like that. It's not the worst. Not a bad model way to go about it. Yeah, I just when you see it laid out like this, it's just like, oh man, that's pretty. Stark. And then and I then you plop in guys like David Long, who are you try to yeah. hit on that if they could say if you know it's if 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 if, but if they hit, holy crap! Like look at our team. But that I like that bet. I like making those bets. I, I understand that kind of team building philosophy, even if it's kind of a hodgepodge way they've done it. All right. <laughs> One more bit of running back news. This one is very fun. I have no idea if we're going to actually end up getting to see it all. Rashad Penny going to the Eagles. I have not seen the terms of this. I can't imagine it's very expensive based on his injury history. But this is one of those where you just talk yourself into the best case scenario. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is with that offensive line. Holy crap. This could be a lot of fun. Uh, Rashad Penny said this legitimately one of the best athletes at any position in the entire NFL. doesn't matter what the position is. Just when this guy has been healthy, yes, when this guy has been healthy, honestly, one of the best running backs in the league. He's been so, he's so much fun and hits between the tackles can run any run scheme, giving him with the Eagles offensive line with Jalen hurts, taking some of the load off. I, I'm, I'm this, if, if he stays healthy, this could be a lot, a lot of fun. I'm actually, I just want another one that I didn't know I wanted. And now that I, it's, happening in real life i'm like yeah this is gonna be cool i put rashad penny on ir in my dynasty league uh like mid-season just yeah. in the off chance we'll see what happens i do that with a lot of just like free agent running backs. Yeah, just yeah. grab and see what whatever's gonna go down um i should probably like trade him somebody's gonna be like very excited about this possibility and when he plays four games i'll be yeah, I was gonna say eight games I but I, I i can't like, no. This is going to be one of those things where I just owe it to myself to see it through because the best case scenario, it, it's not even just about value. It's just about pure enjoyment. Yeah. Like that. Like the Did fun, you do it like an all fun team? Like yes, fantasy? You yes. Do that, the right? most fun fantasy team that you can buy. Yes. So that the fun that is potentially associated with that pairing, I, I just, yeah. I can't let it go. I just Look, have to. Miles Sanders to went for, tw- I, I like Miles Sanders, but. He's not the same tier of Penny when Penny's healthy, and he went for twelve hundred and eleven touchdowns. You keep, you keep saying when Penny's healthy, like this is a thing where he's healthy for more than three games a season. Uh, like I, I just, I like would the love Lions to see it happen, game is but... so burned in my brain in the last half of twenty twenty one, where he just went on a freaking tear, and it was awesome. Like those are just always gonna be burned in my brain. I'm trying to be better about this. Going like 
battle the injury history. I, I, that's why I emphasize it because I'm more talking to myself than anybody else here when I talk about the guy's injury history. But man, that, those four games are going to be a lot of fun when he is healthy. All right, few more here to pick off before we get out of here. Patrick Peterson to the Steelers. Yeah, I, looks like a I don't know, fairly small cap hit in year one. Uh, 4.25 in year one, 9.8 in 2024. So not a lot of money for a potential Cam Sutton replacement. Yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of terrified against him against the Bengals twice a year. Uh, yeah, his, yeah. his biggest woe, I love Patrick Peterson, but his he's a shell of himself. I mean, he's in his mid-30s at corner. Essentially a slightly above replacement level player at this point, but it's long speed's his issue. And going against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins might be a little interesting <laughs> twice a year, but this is kind of like okay that's kind of one of those kind of signings like okay that's that's cool speaking of that the, the, exactly those kind of signings as we talk about the texans here jimmy ward going yeah. to the texans two years 13 million dollars eight and a half million dollars fully guaranteed according to aaron wilson we were wondering whether uh al shair would be the guy that went there as kind of like the steward yeah. of the scheme that would go with D'Amico Ryans, and it's Jimmy Ward instead, which I think yeah. makes a lot of sense. Great locker room guy, Falls Ryans. Uh, a little overlap with Jalen Petrie, who had a nice year, rookie year, um, as far as like slot slash safety type of player. So yep. I'm curious, but I think that could be really interesting having two players that have Just those types of skills. Drop a veteran into the room. I mean, it's going to be great. Help onboard the, the offense or onboard the defense. I know again. we're talking about all the Texans moves here. It's they've have done this where they're signing all these kind of mid mid upper mid tier vets the last few years. These ones that they've done, I really like. I, I I like a lot of these signings that they made that we're about to talk about. But Jimmy Ward, of course, is kind of the ace of that. Shaq Mason Steward traded of the to the Texans is for such a great line, by the way. The steward of the scheme. I, I that's that's an all timer for me. I'm locking that one in. That's gotcha, going on. Right. That's going into the lexicon. Shaq Mason traded to the Texans for really just a late round pick swap. Like um, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a bigger market for him. People just don't seem to like Shaq Mason. This goes all the way back to him being a fourth-round pick. Remember, Dante Scarnecchia came on the show, and we were talking about Shaq Mason, and he was talking about scouting Shaq Mason, and he's just like, that guy just blocks all the people in front of him. It's his. I know because they ran the triple option. I remember we watched him, and I'm like, this guy's awesome. What do we have on him? A seventh-round grade? Yeah, he was a fourth-round pick. I know. That, our grade in Atlanta, I was not, and he was a local guy. I was kind of like, what are we doing here? This guy is like – I mean, because he, he's a, like a sawed-off shotgun. You know, like, you just snap the ball, boom. The guys are just getting knocked back when you down-block them. Speaking of that, this is a strange aside. I had no idea that Puna Ford was five foot eleven. Yeah, he's but like 307. Yes, 310. Right? <laughs> I, I am 5'11". <laughs> I, I tried like hell to right. like put as much weight on my body as I possibly could in high school. Our our offensive line my junior year <laughs> averaged like six so five two eighty. Okay, so like that funny. was the average, and that was with me. And so my I felt, and I was the only junior, and I just felt like this deep obligation to just be as big as I could be yeah. in order to like maintain the weight of the room. And so I weighed like two forty five my junior year, and it I did not hold out. it well. It yeah. did not hold it well. I mean, I two twenty is like the most I could put on this frame and be like a functional athlete. To be five eleven and weigh three hundred and ten pounds and be like a NFL player, explosive just, like that, it's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. A unique body type. He's one of those where it's like, oh, I know he's like, I, I thought he was around six foot, like six foot. He's probably like two eighty, but pushing three ten. Five eleven. It's just a little bowling ball. He's actually a bowling ball out there. 
I, uh, I weigh. I, that, you'd have to put 130 pounds on my frame as it cur- as I currently sit. Like it's just it's it's unfathomable to me. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, other Texans moves. Noah Brown on a one-year deal. Noah Brown's like a useful one. player. Yeah. Yeah, Good blocker. So, I mean, the, the receiver room they got going now. Noah Brown, Robert Woods. Yeah. I mean, it, hey, it, is, it, it is really funny that like this is how they're going about it. I, it's not a judgment. No. Because it's not overspending. They're not nope. doing crazy stuff. But it's just the fact that they're just living right here with these types of guys it seems to be their MO. And that's what, what they've done for the last couple of years. They, they, the Houston Astros used to be the Houston Colt 45s for like one year. And then that's... This is the Houston Madden seventy eights. That's that's what I'm going with here. Just just going with a joke. Just live. Just roll with it. Uh, I actually really like Noah Brown with them. Uh, he's got a lot better last year. I know he's 27, I believe, but he was way improved. Dirty work guy. Dirty work guy. Yep. Bobby Slowick is a Shanahan guy. He, yep. They love their rec- blocking receivers. So Robert yep. Robert Woods and Noah Brown totally get it. Uh, more of a number three, number four type. But I actually like that one. 49ers lose a Jimmy Ward, but they gain a Sam Darnold. You know how excited I was about that. Hey, I mean, you are all the way back in now. All the way in. I I turned over chairs looking for my my Sam Darnold stock that I've thrown around for the last few years. If anyone could get the most out of them, just tucked into a desk somewhere under my mattress. I think I have them, but. If anyone's going to get anything out of it, when the apocalypse comes, that's going to be the currency. It's all the Sam Darnold stock that you own. Darnold dollars. That's exactly it. It's yeah, I love it. I love it. I this is hey, another one taking a chance at him. It's, it's what's what is he seventh offensive coordinator? Let's just keep him churning. Someone's going to get the most out of him. I if this happens, if there is a potential timeline where Brock Purdy isn't ready to come back, right. And for whatever reason, I don't wish Trey Wentz to get help, to get hurt. Obviously, yeah, that's, but yeah. if it ends up happening, and we get to see Sam Darnold in this San Francisco offense, it is it the my favorite football experiment. I I'm think so I excited. might have ever seen. Yeah, I, because this is a guy who has had flashes where he's been really productive and really yes. efficient. They've been like four week flashes. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair; sometimes less than that. So I was going to say four series flashes, not even a game. <laughs> this is Kyle Shanahan <laughs> playing the NFL on expert mode. Yeah, and and seeing if he can still do it. Yeah, and I I just I would love it. I would abs- I would be fascinated. I'd be enthralled the entire time. I know. I'm kind of hoping for it now. Uh, I I really want to see Trey Lance. I really do. But man, uh, Sam, the the this is why I've always just bought into Sam Darnold. It's just because of those S tier throws he he can make. And but it's just that everything else is hard for him <laughs> for whatever reason. Just doing the easy stuff is hard. So what's gonna what's gonna be in a scheme with a coach that knows how to get quarterbacks the easy stuff? Uh, no, I, I one of my favorite experiments that might happen as well. A couple other small ones here. Looking up a couple things here. Speaking of Sam Darnold and the Panthers, Bradley Bozeman goes back to Carolina. Three years, $18 million. I'm excited for this just because I want to see that group back together. I thought they played really well together last year. They bring back James Camp and their offensive line coach. Just having that consistency continuity Mm -hmm. with that group I thought would be a really fun little bit to watch with Carolina, and we're going to get to see that now. Damn good player in the second half. Like when he had – he just banged up, center. so I yeah. think that yeah. And um, their old lines locked through, locked in through twenty twenty four. Um, that's pretty great for whatever young QB they had. They, yep. I want to say trade the pick, but I don't think they are. <laughs> that's great uh, for whatever young QB they want to plop in there. Now they just have to find some pass catchers. Like the defense, like them up front. That's why I'm kind of bullish on the Panthers because I, I really like 
the offensive line and the defense. According to our Jeff Howe at The Athletic, Trey Pipkins has agreed <laughs> to re-sign with the Chargers. Three okay. years, $21.5 million. I totally get it if you're the Chargers. I mean, yeah. you just want to be able to – you have a starter there, a guy that you know will see what the cap hit is in year one. I assume it's very, very low. I think that was always their number one priority on at that spot specifically was to see if they could get him back at a reasonable price. He was hurt all of last season, so I think that their thought is he can be a lot better than he was last year, and we can get him for not a lot of money, and that's exactly how this played out. Yeah, it, it's holding the fort until you can find better, All right, and I think yeah. that's that's what it is. Maybe something else pops open, but at least we have a answer, even if, you know, yeah, you're trying to get better there, but it's a answer. So my... My understanding of what is potentially going to happen on the offensive line is that they will likely move on from Filer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That okay. seems inevitable. And then Jamari Sawyer will yeah. actually play right guard. Like he and Zion will move year. back to the left side where he played like in that college. All. Like all that. So from left to right, you have Slater, Sean Slater, Zion, Corey Winsley, Sawyer, Trey Pipkins. It's not bad. So that's the group that could potentially be back there. That's not bad. And Zion down the road can be slotted in the center for you once you get into that life as well. No, he, he that's that's again gotta stay healthy, but that's not a bad offensive line, especially your top three there is pretty damn good. You can work with that, and but again, you can work right with that. The right tackle was the biggest question, and I think that if Pipkins for, can stay healthier than he was last year, I think that the outcome could be much, and much better. I've said this before for about twenty NFL teams, it is a question. So it's, they're not the only ones living in that world. Eric Kendricks also going to Los Angeles, two years, <laughs> thirteen and a half million dollars. Uh, they had a hole there with Drew Tranquil hitting free agency. We'll see what happens with Kenneth Murray. But, you know, on the back half of his career, but I think if you're looking for just reliable play at that position, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. He's lost a step, but still very super, smart. Yep, super intelligent. Again, he's in the cleanup role. That that, And if you look at those kind of defenses, the Fangio, Staley defenses, those guys have to clean up and be smart and not, get back, not be out of position. Eric Hendricks doesn't get out of position a lot. Not a total liability against pass. He's, he's more just okay. Um, the Vikings kind of by design were kind of, uh, we've talked about this, try to stay tight and then rally to the flats. So, but he'll be kind of more different in the pass game, I, I think, in this defense. But I, I yeah, I, I like this one. I, it makes sense to me. A couple more smaller ones here. We didn't mention Greg Bradbury talking about center signings. We'll be yeah. back with, or offensive line signings. We'll be back with the Vikings, three years, 15 and a half million. Good for Garrett Bradbury. I thought, yeah. thought that they would potentially move on, but again, I they don't too. have a ton of flexibility. There's a reliability there. There's familiarity. Yeah. I get all of that. It's reasonable. And then Jake Brendel back with the Niners, which I think, again, kind of the same argument. It's like, devil, you know. Yep. You know, he's played well last year. The fact that really we didn't improved. really talk about him or notice him as a guy who was starting for the first time as a full time player at age 30, you know, I think yeah. it was a testament to the fact that he played okay. So yep. they're just going to slot him back in there. They already got a new right tackle that they're going to have to bring in yep. or bring along if it's an in-house guy. So trying to limit the amount of turnover at some of your offensive line spots clearly is what they're doing. Yeah. This also, one, let's keep an eye on Spencer Burford, by the way. He was yeah. good last year for them. Like they, Yeah, the 49ers, the 49ers offensive line, which is usually like, wow, Shanahan does a great job of like making these guys work. They actually were kind of a plus unit last year. Uh, and truly, and, and Brendel was part of that. He it was one of my most improved players. He was great. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Two years, $14 million to go to Atlanta. Six point two or $6.3 million guaranteed, according to Doug Kayed. What do you make of this? Uh, man, I they're just building my quarterback room. This is great. If we could just if they signed Darnold, that would have been 
perfect. <laughs> like just the three faces of Nate's quarterback, <laughs> the three quarterbacks I like. High end backup, I guess. Um, I guess this is a high end backup contract. Yeah, I just remember, I don't know. I just I didn't wasn't I'm a marriage a, I thought about in any way. No, I I, I really like. Uh, of course, I've said this before. I really like Ritter, but also the other thing, and I brought this up, he's sub 210. Sub 210 guys typically get hurt. Like, that's just the history of it. Ritter has never been hurt in college, knock on wood and everything, or as a pro. He's very athletic, but still a thing you have to be cognizant of. So this is kind of a get a guy out there that can run around for us and be probably good in the room. I think he's a smart guy, Heineke, and, and just, well, no offensive systems. And that really helps. He also grew up. 20 miles from the Falcons facility. Yeah. Hometown so, yeah. yeah. So we tried to get him in the local day when I was in Atlanta and then the Vikings locked him down for a top 30 visit. Uh, Scott Turner uh, locked him down. And the one time my first time I ever met Scott Turner, he like knew I was a fan of him. And he was like, yeah, we got your boy. That's a true story. And I was like, he goes, yeah, we, we did a full, we loved him. So we had a full court press, not to make, let him hit his flight to make that local day. I was like, God dang it. I worked so hard. I had to throw. Uh, for the, the the local day, that's why it sticks out in my brain, and that was at a time I wasn't really throwing much or at all. So yeah, sorry, just a little side story there. <laughs> they also signed Caden Ellis from yeah, the Saints. Caden Ellis, yeah, I liked him. Um, yeah, had his first really extended athletic. run last year. Yeah, athletic yep. guy, uh, useful player. That they've gotten a couple of useful players in this free agency. I, I liked him when he had to step in for Pete Werner last year. Couple more here. Saints restructured Michael Th- Michael Thomas's contract mm-hmm. one year, ten million. So he will be back. I was talking to Alex Hample before we started recording this, and the Saints strategy seems to be, and it's not a terrible strategy. We're just going to keep kicking this down the road, and potentially the world will just end before we have to pay any of these bills. Like betting on the demise of society before you have to worry about any of this stuff, it's not the worst bet in the world, but it does no. seem like that's what they're doing, and I respect it. I think the last of us like plot when the apocalypse kind of started was in 2003. It's not spoilers. Everybody knows it's a zombie show, but it, it was 2003. And I think that's when the saints started kicking the can with their salary cap stuff. So it kind of matches their, their philosophy They're They think they're in the last of us timeline that somehow sports are still being played there. But uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I actually like the pass catchers. Alave Thomas and Juwan Johnson is a, a pretty fun, pretty it's fun hard trio. To imagine this happening with Derek Carr had not been signed there. Right. Him wanting to be back. But now you right. have a pretty interesting collection of guys, a solid offensive line. Yeah. I don't know what the Saints' ceiling is with this team. And again, I've talked about this a million times over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. The defense is a little bit more fragile than I think it seems when you look at their production over the last three or four years because how consistent they've been. But those guys are getting older. There's a lot of things or to they're consider gone now. there. <laughs> but I, I think that this team could actually be pretty solid this year, and especially yeah. in an NFC South where there's a lot of questions being asked. NFC South and just NFC in general. One more here, one I actually really like. The Lions signed Emmanuel Mosley, formerly Loved of the Niners, this. one year, $6 million. So the Lions now potentially have two outside corners in Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton, both of whom were signed for relatively small deals. So, I mean, I think that how they were going to use, again, some of those resources to rebuild their secondary with outside pieces, what was it going to look like? Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. I mean, again, we're talking about guys that can we just have guys we don't have to worry about over there with some of this excess money that we have. That's exactly how they seem to build it. And I think it puts them in a really good spot. He was a true plus starter for four niners last year until he got hurt. Somebody got hurt. Yep. Yep. And this is, this is what you're doing. I'd much rather have this and take a chance on this than 33 year old, you know, Patrick Peterson at seven million a year. So, um, no, I, I like this a lot. Uh, I think, like we said, you're injecting juice in there, and if he comes back, it was an October injury, so you're hoping, you know, one calendar year, especially the last kind of two-thirds of the season, he'll really be a contributor for you. Yeah, I like it. Plus starter, 
great prove it recovery deal, and that's how you inject some juice into your DB room, <laughs> right He's there. He's been hurt the last two years. He was, yeah. only played eleven games in twenty twenty one as well. But again, it's one year, six million. You're taking that's a flyer it. on a guy who, if it clicks, you're going to get value out of him, and if not, the downside is not that strong. Exactly. And if you draft right. a guy, then he doesn't have to play right away. You can kind of you can piecemeal it together. Exactly, and that's yeah. what this is. That's you, what it seems this, like. This is a one one point one part of you kind of piecing together your cornerback room. Yes, that's exactly right. it. That's Do we get we it got. all? We get it all. That's all we got. <laughs> all right. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. I actually won't be in the same place, but it'll be the same time. So okay. excited to do that. 3.30 p.m. Eastern again right here on YouTube. So please come back and check that out. For now, please rate and review the podcast. If you have not, go on Apple Podcasts. Tell us why you like it. It would mean a lot to me if you did. Please subscribe to The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash football show is where you can read all of our excellent NFL coverage, which has been rolling in all week. But for now, that's all we got. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.